0: Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy.
1: Thank you for joining us for well-being and Resiliency in Pharmacy Practice. This podcast is a forum where you can listen in as members share successful strategies on wellness and resiliency in their personal and professional lives. My name is Bailey Larson, Strategic Initiatives Associate at ASHP, and I will be your host for today's episode. With me today is Dr. Ashley Clevens-Hayes, a pharmacist and entrepreneur. Ashley will share more about her background, but after her practice at health system pharmacy, she started her own business and has been a successful executive career strategist. Let's get started talking about today's topic, showing your value in the workplace. I also wanted to suggest that you maybe pause and go grab a notepad and pencil so you can take notes. Ashley will share a lot of tangible information and tips that will be really helpful for you to reference. So welcome Ashley. Hi Bailey, thanks for
0: having me. I appreciate it. this is very exciting.
1: Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you enjoyed your mid-year. Yes. Let's just start off with talking about um, kind of your journey to this pharmacy path and then I can share a little bit about how we know each other too.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a windy journey for sure, but I'm a third generation pharmacist. My grandfather was a pharmacy owner. My dad was a pharmacist and pharmacy owner, and he did all sorts of different things in pharmacy. I went to pharmacy school at the University of Southern California. So fight on for any of you who are listening, fellow Trojans, following my pharmacy school career, I went into a PGY-1, PGY-2 health system administration at the University of Kentucky Healthcare and stayed on for the associate director role in central pharmacy operations. I was there for a while, and then I transitioned into Working as a director of clinical operations for a pharmacy software startup company, and it was a really cool, unique experience. I was like an internal consultant for just different pharmacy laws and operational systems. Basically, I was the liaison between the company and all different sorts of health systems that really opened my eyes to entrepreneurship because I realized I was the only pharmacist on our team that spoke spoke the language of pharmacy, but all the people around me, they didn't have my background or my PharmD or my credentials, but they were really talking pharmacy. And so it was interesting for me to be in that situation. The company ended up selling to a larger pharma company and my position was dissolved. And it was the first time in my career where I could take a step back and ask myself, what did I want to do next? It was really interesting. I was I was still young, so I wasn't expecting this career pivot, but what I realized some of my strengths were helping my coworkers and my friends and my family members and colleagues stand out and land the jobs that they wanted. I naturally and inherently kind of gravitated towards leadership throughout my career. And one of my friends was like, why don't you start you know, talking about this on LinkedIn and start talking about it on Facebook and start helping people just as you're going through this kind of career shift and thinking about what you want to do next. And so I started posting about it and, you know, that's been almost five years that I've been in this situation. My, my posts kind of really attracted and and spoke to a lot of different types of healthcare professionals. And I started career coaching people and I started which led to interview preparation, which led to long-term career coaching, which led to keynote speaking engagements. I was traveling all over the world, which has led me to here today. I do this full time and it's just, it's, I'm just really grateful to have the opportunity to work with people like yourself and like people listening every single day.
1: It's a windy career. Yeah, <laughs> you have, you have done so much. And I really like hearing about how you, navigated that transition, I'm sure it was probably felt really sudden and sure at the time. And yeah, it was terrible.
0: I mean, I talked about this a lot in probably 2017, 2016, 2017, I especially to students and people who are looking into non-traditional career routes. I didn't really have a roadmap. I didn't know that this was going to be my plan. I always envisioned myself being like, you know, a, C, a chief pharmacy officer at a health system. I have my master's in healthcare administration, so that my, my focus was really Operations and business inside of healthcare, but here I am doing a little bit of different. I'm just using my skills and my strengths in a different capacity.
1: Right, and you you say you know you kind of looked internally at what your strengths were, and I'm sure that's easier said than done. And now
0: it was hard. It was a really <laughs> hard process. I'm making it sound high level, but you know at the time it was one of the most traumatic experiences of my life.
1: <laughs> right, right, and we are lucky that people have mentors and coaches like you to to help us really make that tangible how to figure out what you want to do next if if there's a time of transition in your career totally thanks for sharing that story and just as a little bit of background during my residency i was introduced to Ashley by one of my preceptors and we have been ongoing friends for 4 years now so i I can vouch for everything she's saying so thanks so much for sharing that background. Yeah, of course. So this is a well-being podcast and we know that well-being is really a value and not not just, you know, a buzzword or something that we want to spend, you know, 2 hours a week on. So how does well-being and resilience fit into this time when people are interviewing and and how they present themselves? And why is that so important?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a loaded question. I think what you're trying to allude to is how can well-being be part of your lifestyle and your career? And I don't think that this is a one-off answer. I think it's so multifactorial. We could lead a whole entire weekend seminar, a weekend workshop on How to Thrive in Your Career Despite Many Unknowns. Given today's environment of obviously COVID, but also burnout and residency transitions and fellowship transitions. And a lot of the audience here is new practitioners. So how do you go from being a student to a resident to a new practitioner to then being the go-to expert? And there's so much that goes into that. But I think one of the biggest things that I teach my clients and my bread and butter what i do day in and day out is interview prep but even with interview prep majority of people turn to me because they lack confidence in their ability to communicate their value effectively to key stakeholders such as interviewers or their boss or managers or whomever it is that they're speaking to so well-being starts with starts with the beginning very where you wherever you are right now and so i think i focus majority of my, my coaching and my philosophies on not only just quote unquote, trying to build your confidence or break through your imposter syndrome, but really genuinely building self-trust in yourself. And there's so many different ways that we can talk about that.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So let's, let's get to some of those tangible aspects. Can we just give a little preview of some interview or training tips for maybe residency preparation or their first job or job transitions?
0: Totally. I I have a lot of different ideas, but let's first start talking about self-trust and then I'll start talking about how that relates to interview prep specifically, because I have a lot of different ideas of what does self-trust mean and then also how it can correlate to how you communicate in an interview or any high stakes conversation. So trusting yourself really means being able to attempt all different sorts of things without judging yourself too harshly. I think that's what I see so much in healthcare professionals in general, especially pharmacists, especially young pharmacists. It means following your intuition, just giving it your absolute best and genuinely being nice and friendly and kind to yourself, but not expecting perfection.
1: That, that it, reminds me of, sorry to interrupt you. That reminds no, keep me of going. Mark, just conversations when... I was talking to you about what, what I was going to do after my first year of residency. And you, I think in a nice way, were kind of saying, I think you are, you know what you want to do. I don't know why you're doubting yourself. You need to trust yourself here. So I think that's a, that's a great point.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the opposite of self-trust is, is in my opinion, the opposite of self-doubt. Yeah. So, so many of us doubt ourselves and therefore we go on to job interviews and it's, Unfortunately, it's pretty evident when you're on an interview, especially if the interviewer is is seasoned and experienced. It's pretty easy to pick up the, I guess you can say the lack of confidence in an interviewer. And unfortunately, one of the reasons why I do what I do is because I see underqualified candidates land competitive jobs every single day. And quite frankly, it kind of just started to bother me. I was like, why are my friends and family not getting the jobs that they deserve? It's terrible to me. It, I hate seeing it. And so that's when I started reaching out to them. And I was like, how can I help you get what you deserve? Because you are the smartest, most talented, most hardworking, passionate person I've ever met. And yet you're struggling to get the job. And when it comes down to, it was when I started really talking to them, spending hours and hours and hours with them over coffee, over whatever it is, it's that we didn't have the skill set of how to communicate our value appropriately appropriately. So it's not that we're lacking a skill. It's that we were never taught it. Therefore it's this compounding factor of losing self-trust in yourself because it's just like this whole cycle of issues. So what I see in interview prep is just that lack of self-trust mostly and
1: lack of practice to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That makes sense. And I will take my opportunity on the theme of three to plug in three great resources for ASHP members on our website. First is the new, for new practitioners, is the Student Residency Guide. Uh, there's also Career Farm, which is a premier online community that helps pharmacists and residents find the right jobs. And the third is a new offering, I think it came out last year, is the ASHP Interview Stream, mm-hmm. which actually utilizes Video to help you interview prep. So, yeah,
0: those are so valuable. Take advantage of those as members.
1: On that same note, how can students and residents, we, we kind of covered this a little bit, practice that val- value of well being that we were talking about? But during this time of transition, which is just a lot of uncertainty, then you add on the pandemic. Can you just speak a little bit about that?
0: Sure. So, I have 10 tips that I really put together before this podcast, because when I was talking to Bailey about what, you know, what the audience is identifies the most in, and I think there's a lot of imposter syndrome floating around and how to beat imposter syndrome is and imposter syndrome is that feeling of not feeling like you're enough that there's so many different definitions, but how I explain it is the feeling of not being qualified for something or the feeling of not belonging or the feeling that you're not enough. So this relates back to the self-trust factor. And so what I talk about in building the self-trust is the opposite and, and 10 tangible tools. So. Real quick, if you haven't done so already, I want to encourage you to pull out a piece of paper because this is really important. So number one is avoiding self-isolation. So connection, connecting with community. So ASHP community, your friends, your family, pets, whatever it is, and connecting with yourself by meditating, by journaling, praying or faith or whatever it is that you subscribe to. It's so important to avoid self-isolation. There's so much research and studies out there that show that. Number two is slowing down and managing 12-hour increments at a time. So I see a lot of students and residents and new practitioners trying to plan out their life, their five-year roadmap and their next year and and the next month. And I want to encourage you that, yes, you should have aim to have goals, immediate, short-term, long-term career goals. But at the same time, to slow down and build your self-trust, you want to take it day by day. And so When you're in the middle of the unknown period, it's hard and it's overwhelming to plan out months in advance. So I want to encourage you to plan 12-hour increments. So today is, for example, if today is Wednesday, you want to plan today and then you want to take it tomorrow, you're going to plan tomorrow, tomorrow, instead of overwhelming yourself. Number three is radically accepting where you're at, not denying the fact that this is part of your experience and just coming to terms that this is going to be over one day. Number four is the worst case scenario and the what if almost never occurs. It almost never happens. And so I see new practitioners, residents, students getting so worried about the next phase and what if I don't match and what if I don't get a job and what if there's, you know, job market's so saturated. What if, what if I don't get a job? And I'm here to say confidently that that almost never happens. Number five, recognize your leadership opportunity here. What I alluded to in the beginning when I lost my job almost six years ago now, it was terrible. It was terrible. It was very traumatic. I was the breadwinner of my family. I had a six-month-old daughter. It was hard. And now looking back, I realized what a beautiful opportunity it was for me to take a step back in my career and ask myself some higher level questions. And she, you know, I wouldn't be in the situation I am now without that traumatic experience. Number six, give yourself some space and time to feel the feels. I think it's important that you don't try to cover up or kind of run through just the space. Allow yourself some space to really think about how hard you've worked to get to where you are. Number number seven is creating a positive relationship with your inner critic. So talking about that imposter syndrome, realizing that your imposter syndrome is most likely not truthful and realizing that your inner critic everyone has inner critic and whether or not you want to listen to that inner critic of yours is a choice. Number 8 making yourself your number one priority. So the the theme of this podcast is well-being but also narrowing that down into prioritizing you yourself and your self-care and your needs. Number 9 be mindful who you take advice from. This is huge. So many of my clients, especially, I mean, anyone, it doesn't matter if you're a student or 30 years into your career, they turn to me and they say, well, you know, my manager said this, or my friend said this, or my boss said this, or my my mom told me this. Well, is just be mindful that people it's, it's you can accept advice or you don't have to. It's not terrible. Most people when they give advice, it's not to harm you, but it's up to you whether you want to accept it or not. And then last but not least, really slowing down your thoughts and being responsive, the opposite of reactive to certain circumstances, slowing down and being intentional and aware with where you're at instead of overwhelm and just full on reactivity mode. Those are the 10 tips. I know I went through them super fast and I, you know, we could spend a whole entire weekend again on that workshop, but to build self-trust, I think those 10 things are really important. Thank you so much. I
1: have stars by three of them. So I know which ones? Have... I hope I, I literally got goosebumps when you said some of them. So I, which I, ones? Was, can you share? Okay, I think I think number nine.
0: Nine. Who do you take advice from? I'm telling you. Yeah, <laughs> that's I, a big one. Yes.
1: Especially because my personality is—I'm kind of a people pleaser. People pleaser. Yeah. So mine. It's I a recovering people pleaser. Yeah. I hate mm-hmm. letting people down. Thank you. Number ten, I think, is good for everyone, and including some students and and residents we mentor. And myself too, but I I think it's important. In your first job, you want to be really responsive, and and we see things. Of course. through. And sometimes I do this, and then there's nothing worse than giving it back, being like, "You, this has an error, or you need to read this again." And so I've really been working this year for myself on sending things out the next morning instead yes. of at 10 p.m. Or- oh my gosh! You emailed me over the
0: weekend, Bailey, and I was like. Why are you emailing me on a Saturday? That's my first. Or you texted me. I was like, Bailey, what's going on
1: here? Wait, wait, is this oh urgent? <laughs> I'm calling it's you out. My thoughts come kind of like at random times. But, yep. So that was started for me, number ten. And then I think avoid self isolation. I'm pretty good at that. Um.
0: <laughs> I think that's a traumatic response. You know, it's a trauma response when you're going through so much and you feel like no one understands with what I'm experiencing. No one gets it. And it's, it's quite frankly, in my opinion, it's easier to self-isolate. That's why I want to encourage you to avoid it.
1: Yeah. Sorry. I meant I'm pretty good at it that I, I feel like I'm okay with. That, oh, Oh. Right? Okay. 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 I feel like one thing I'm decent at is, as I told you, for better or worse, say yes to things And mm. also because, you know, I, when I moved to a new city, I needed to make new friends and new connections. Totally. So the extroverted me does okay with that, but. Oh my gosh, those are great tips, and you're right. We could spend a whole nother podcast on this. And I was thinking about other themes that I'd love to have you. Good, the, good, good, good.
0: I'm glad for. that this gives you some food for thought, especially going into the holidays and then the new year.
1: Yes, thank you so much. So I'll just close with how do you practice well-being? I know you are managing your family, your older generation, including your mom, and then your you know young daughter, and your friends, and your career. So how do you (laughs) take care of yourself? That's a great question.
0: You know, I'll be honest with you. It's so easy for me to get up here and tell you advice, do this and do this and do this. It's so easy. You guys just do it. Uh I think I have such empathy for people going through career transitions, practicing well-being, making an honest effort because this stuff isn't easy for me either. So I understand the challenges, but what I do think I have evolved and changed a lot, especially since probably the last five years of working on my own and having a daughter and a husband that has a very big career. And we've moved around a lot is slowing down, not take uh, under committing and over delivering when I'm not pregnant. I love to work out (laughs) right now. I'm, (laughs) I'm expecting. So there's, I just love carbs. I think self-acceptance is a big one too. With my first pregnancy, I was so crazy about what I ate and how much I was working out and work-life balance and leaving work at home. But you know, it's just not all that cookie cutter. This pregnancy is like all out the window. Everything is so different and with I've stopped judging myself so much. So yeah. it's not like specific tasks that I'm doing. It's more of a mindset. And what we talked about in the very beginning of this podcast is the lifestyle aspect. Well-being is not a task. Right. Well-being right. is something that you don't just like check off your to-do list. It's, right. it's a, it's, it's part of, it's, it's a habits that you build with over time. And I'll be honest with you. I'm not perfect at all of them, but after working with thousands and thousands of overachieving, highly ambitious amazingly smart healthcare professionals, a lot of them being pharmacists, I have learned from watching through their lens. It's okay to slow down. It's okay to take a break. It's okay to say no. It's okay that people are going to be upset with you. Mm -hmm. My boundaries are so tight these days. A lot of people get upset with me because I do say no, but you know what? At the end of the day,
1: it's okay. It's okay. Right.
0: So I wish that I had more of a secret
1: sauce solution. No, nope. nope. that's, I think you said it perfectly. And another number that kind of resonated with me, I can't remember exactly how you said it, but I wrote on my notepad, like this too shall pass. You're right. If the season's feeling very rough and I'm, I know your pregnancy is right now, it, it won't be like this forever.
0: So I know I was literally thinking, I mean, not again, not to talk about the specific details of what's going on in my life, but you know, since we're here, my, my first trimester of this pregnancy was bad. It was, it still is rough. It is so hard. And I think if I was judging myself and I was, I was pushing myself to do more and to do all the things, it would be even harder, but instead I kind of just was like, all right, this is where I'm at. I can barely get out of bed. I and I can barely get to my car. So I think just letting go of control and just radical acceptance is really important.
1: Well, thanks so much for being so vulnerable and honest with us. Yeah. I didn't even mean to do that. (laughs) We're just two friends having a conversation for coffee. So, Yeah. I love it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, I know that you share a lot of your life and career tips, and tons of valuable information on your Instagram, which is rxashley with two E's, and your LinkedIn uh, is also a really great resource as well. So do you have any last thoughts before we close out today?
0: No, I mean, I have so many different ideas about interview prep and how well-being correlates with interview prep, but let me tell you something, if you don't have self-trust and if you have imposter syndrome, and if you walk into an interview lacking the the confidence tools, you're really going to miss out on opportunity to showcase your skill set. And so I would love to come back and talk more about interview prep specifically, or, you know, for those of you who have Interviews coming up, definitely take advantage of the ASHP toolbooks, but also I have a zillion blogs and a zillion content on interview prep. So it's really important that you take the tools that we talked about and actually implement them before you start going on all your residency interviews and all of your new new job interviews. It's so important in today's in today's competitive marketplace.
1: Well, that is all the time we have for today. I want to thank you so much for joining us to discuss showing your value in the workplace and practical tips that you shared for building resiliency in your current state, whether that is a career change, maybe thinking about starting residency, your first job, or even something different. I also appreciated you sharing another kind of non-traditional career path for pharmacists So to our listeners, if you haven't had a chance, I encourage you to visit wellbeing.ashp.org where you will learn more about well-being as a value and resources to promote wellness and strategies to manage burnout. Please be sure to join us here each month for more on wellness and resilience. Thank you, Ashley.
0: Thank you, ASHP and Bailey. This was really fun. Take care. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official